welcome back to the Far Out Wisdom Podcast. I hope everybody's doing really well today. Um, I am sweating my balls off. Well, I don't have any balls. I'm sweating my boobies off because right at the moment it's 102 degrees here in sunny Fresno, California. So anyways, I hope you guys are doing a very fantastic day. Um, I hope you guys are driving really safe. If you guys listen to this um, while driving or if you guys are, you know, hanging about, you know, doing research and listening to me in the background, which I really appreciate. And uh, before I begin this uh, conversation, I would like, uh, if you would like to support this work, uh, remember that you can uh, do so via PayPal, uh, Venmo. You guys could become a $5 Patreon um, and uh, to, you know, Remember to share, like, and comment and keep the conversation going. So anyways, the link is going to be in the description down below. And uh, so I'm trying to get comfortable at the moment. So don't mind me. Um, I know that as podcasters, uh, we are trained not to move, but stay in the same position. But when you have caffeine in your system, you kind of have like no choice but to move around. So Earlier today, I was supposed to have a a friend of mine named Andrew, and I talk about Andrew a lot in um, in my podcast. And uh, we had a lot of technical difficulties, so I was like, you know what? Why not? I'm just gonna go and talk about something uh, that I have been meaning to talk about for quite some time. So this topic is going to be concerned with political correctness, um, and uh, it has been kind of. Uh, it's becoming really popular. And uh, in my previous episode, I, I, I did talk about critical race theory. So it's similar around that area. And uh, uh, not many people understand uh, what they are supporting, Supporting, which I, I, I totally understand because, I mean, who doesn't want to be, um, you know, who is, you know, who, who doesn't want to fight for, you know, injustice, who doesn't, who, who doesn't hate racism, who doesn't care about, you know, I mean, who who doesn't um, you know, like police brutality, you know, things like that. So um, but the argument that I'm making and including the, the people who are liberal in a philosophical sense, we're trying to kind of, you know, wave our hands to you guys and tell you that, hey, you know, the ideology that's behind what you are supporting is uh, very pretentious and mendacious, if that makes sense. And I, I, I know that. uh It's becoming, um, it's, in my previous podcast, I did talk about liberalism. And liberalism is pretty much, you know, concerned with civil rights and human rights, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press. So we, we understand how that kind of into, like, kind of mixed together between Marxism, for example, together. So. Uh, if I say communism, a lot of people make the argument that, oh, you know, communism is everybody's working together. Not necessarily. That's not true. And as you guys can see that uh, communism has failed uh, tremendously uh, when put into place. Uh, some people can make the argument that, you know, look at China, for example. I mean, it's very successful, but it's also fascist. You guys have to understand that, you know, the happiness level of the country's people because they do not have a voice and they don't have uh, the rights that we have here in the United States of America. So um, in in my personal opinion, I believe that terminologies is, is getting thrown around without even 
uh, defining it and kind of bringing it down. So to me, I, I think that a lot of the modern day left here in the United States, they have, uh, just like I, I said before, classical liberals, uh, classical liberalism, it's pretty much, like I said, um, I always tell my audience to think about it as like, a, uh, like uh, picture, the, look, picture the word classical liberalism and at the bottom, it, it breaks into social, social liberal, liberalism and, and, and on the right of it, it's the economic freedom as well. So we're, we're, we're capitalists in a way, but, um, you know, we're all over the place. Some are, you know, all the way. Some are, you know, in a radical um, left economic side. So um, it's really confusing. It's a lot of terminology that's getting played around and, and it's getting thrown around. So uh, that's where the confusion get into place. And so when I'm talking about liberalism, I'm talking about the old one, okay? And um, this, like I said, this it's the oldest philosophy. Um, it was the first one before the Libertarian Party came into place in the United States of America. So, but, um, you know, we, we strongly believe in freedom of speech. Now, I'm not an absolutist. Um, I don't believe that you should go around and, start saying bad words about people and, you know, throwing the N-word around, for example. Um, I don't believe in that. Uh, but however, it is a freedom of expression. Uh, so this is up to debate. And um, a lot of people are afraid to say things because of the fact that it's political correctness. So I wrote an article that I'm going to read from you guys for from an idea pod. And I wrote this like a long time ago, I think back in like 2018, not a long time ago, but back in 2018 when uh, the political, you know, correctness started to kind of take place and start to bloom in the political sphere. So you're going to like hear me move a little bit, I'm trying to get comfortable. And uh, this is where you guys' donations help me uh, so I can like fix this area in my little corner. And uh, so, yeah. So anyway, so. The article that I wrote for IdeaPod is called, I'm a minority, I don't need political correctness to protect me. So um, I'm going to read through it. Well, I'm not going to read through it, but I'm going to kind of summarize it as much as I can and try to explain my position clearly. So um, in order to understand uh, what I'm talking about, you have to watch the full muck debates. Um, and th that is the debate that happened in Canada uh, uh, with Dr. Jordan Peterson and uh, Stephen Fry, and I forgot her name. Um, she writes for the New York Times opinion piece, and Dr., uh, I believe, Michael Dyson. I think that's his name. I might be wrong. I don't have a fucking Jamie, so. So you have to watch that <clears throat> that debate, and it's really interesting, and, and, and both sides made really good points. So anyways, um, I belong to the smallest race in the United States of America, uh, and Cambodians, we, we only make about 0.1% of the, the, the American population as of 2010 U.S. Census. So there's only about like 300,000 of us, plus a little bit more because this is, this is 2010, um, so 10 years ago. And um, I live in California, and, uh, you know, Stockton, Long Beach, and Modesto are the main areas that you will find us. Um, a friend of mine named Mark, he said that he had never came across a Cambodian person which is kind of normal that's the thing that I, I get most of the time and uh, Cambodian, uh, we Cambodian Americans do have some accomplishment under our belt um, Hang S. Noor so if you guys don't know who Hang S. Noor is he played the the he was the second actor in The Killing Fields which is an awesome movie that I really really recommend you guys watch to kind of learn about my not my people but the Cambodian genocide 
and he won. He was the first Cambodian he won uh, for the Best Supporting Actor for his performance in The Killing Fields at the 57th Annual Academy Awards. In 2017, Netflix released First Day Killed My Father, movie based on the book by author Luang Ung. Uh, Randy Mom was the first Cambodian-American to be elected to the Massachusetts State Legislature. And Sam Eng Sam, an ethnomusicologist, a MacArthur Fellow and classical music performer. So Cambodians have done a great uh, contribution to the American society. Um, uh, in the end, we're still a minority in comparison to the dominant races like whites and blacks here in the United States of America. So on May 18, 2018, and this is what I'm talking about earlier, the Buck Debates hosted the discussion on the enforcement of political correctness with debaters Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, I was right, and Michelle Goldberg, there you go, arguing for the pro side, and Dr. Jordan Peterson and Stephen Fry arguing on the con side. And the title of the debate was Political Correctness, Be It Resolved, What You Call Political Correctness, I Call It Progress. Um, so we're going to break down what political correctness is. So I'm going to break down what political correctness is. So the Oxford Dictionary defined political correctness as the avoidance of forms of expression or action that are perceived to exclude, marginalize, or insult groups of people who are socially disadvantaged or discriminated against. Uh, so there you go. That's that's pretty much what political correctness is. And you're not going to say something because you're afraid that it's going to offend somebody. So you kind of beat around the bush to say what you want to say. And this is the problem that I have with political correctness because you're afraid to offend somebody. Um, and it, it doesn't. And, and nowadays, so this is the article that I wrote back in 2018, and I didn't really expect it to be this bad. Like you can't say something anymore because you're afraid that it's going to offend that person. And so it's becoming a lot worse. And so everybody has to like beat around the bush and walk around like, you know, on eggshells. And it's becoming really, really tremendously ridiculous to the point that some people don't really want to like say anything anymore. Like we can't even have an open discussion because we're afraid that we're going to offend somebody. And so they talk about like safe spaces and stuff, which didn't exist in my time when I was in university. Um, I mean, in college, the community, community college, I didn't expect that at all. And we didn't have, and I totally understand where you don't want to offend somebody because you are a good, I, I, I know that everybody wants to be a good person and, and political correctness is pretty much just to, to be polite. That's the argument that they're making. And so I disagree with that at the fact that, you know, let the person speak their mind. And if they come out offensive, we have the right to kind of go back and demolish their ideas, you know, and this is where liberalism comes in and the freedom of speech is necessary for us to challenge these ideal ideas and, and able to destroy it if necessary. Does that make sense? So Anyway, so go back to, back to the article. Um, I posted a video of George Carlin, and he said, um, it's a political correctness. This is from George Carlin. Political correctness in America's newest form of intolerance. And it's especially pernicious because it comes disguised as tolerance. It presents itself as fairness, yet attempts to restrict, control people's language with strict codes and rigid rules. Not sure that's the way to fight discrimination. Not sure silencing people or forcing people to alter their speech is the best method for solving problems that goes much deeper than speech. Perhaps you notice that with the political correctness liberal rule mark makers decide to rename a group of humans they view as victims. 
They begin by imparting a sense of shame to the group's existing name. And so some over the years, the word cripple has been discarded. No one mentioned cripples anymore. That's because in yet another stunning attempt to stand reality on its head, cripples has been assigned a new designation, the physically challenged. Uh, and then Carlin goes on to argue that changing these words is an attempt to make the groups feel better. Um, he continues that the physical challenge cannot be cured. So why not make them feel better by changing their group identity to distract other people from paying attention to their disability? In America, uh, political correctness has become so silly that you can't describe someone's appearance as ugly, but rather severe appearance deficits. If you judge someone by their appearance, which we all naturally do, naturally do you, you're guilty of lookism. Uh, you and I are really guilty of look at his, lookism at one point or another in our lives without us knowing it. So um, you, you can't really <laughs> describe anybody as ugly anymore. You can't be like direct and honest. You can't call somebody fat anymore um, because it's, real, it's really offensive. Uh, beauty standards are subjective from one culture to the next. I found green and blue eyes very attractive, which I really do. I think if you guys are my listeners and you have green and blue eyes, I just want to say that you guys are very sexy. And uh, anyways, so... Um, I find green and blue eyes attractive while some women find bald men hot. Our standards of hotness vary from one person to the next. And um, pre-debate results, so I'm, I'm going back to muck debates. Pre-debate results show that 36% supported the motion and forced political correctness and 64% were against the motion. So Dr. Peterson and Stephen Fry won the debate. They were they were against political correctness. Post-debate results show that 30% were for the motion while 70% were against the motion. Here's the main reason why the con side won by 6%. So the con side was Dr. Peterson and Stephen Fry. Freedom of speech violation. Dr. Jordan Peterson was under fire for arguing against Bill C-16. And and if you listen, you guys know that I'm... I, I, really respect Dr. Peterson. Race, religion, age, sexual orientation, and now gender identity and gender expression are now federally protected in Canada. Peterson has pointed out that he will call you whatever you prefer your pronouns but is, but if he is forced to call you Z or Zer, they, by law, then it's a freedom of speech violation. This is, this is what I, I talked about when I was on the Mac Attack podcast. So um, if you are listening to this and you are... I don't know you have beef with me or something and you're 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 gonna say well boone is a bigot i honestly believe that pronouns is a individual negotiation but i'm sorry pronouns are a one-on-one negotiation between individuals if that makes sense so in the mag attack podcast jb she said you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know do that pronoun shit whereas i am on my end, I'm willing to do it at the fact that I'm volunteering, participating in calling you uh, Zer or Zay or they, right? However, you know, it becomes a problem and a violation on my right when I have to, f- when you force me to say or call you what you want to be called. Does that make sense? So a lot of people are like, you know, oh, it's like calling somebody else's name. Well, a person's name, it's more like an address of, of your given birth name, right? And when, you know, Z and Zer, this is, this is, <laughs> this gets really deep. So this is where it goes to, you know, gender and all that. So if you don't want me to call you by your name, 
your your birth name that was given to you by your parents and you want me to, to address your pronouns like he or she, I'm going to do that, right? Just like, you know, when I was a lot younger, um, my name was very difficult for people to like my teachers to pronounce, right? And so they asked me, you know, you want me to call you like a different name or you want me to call you Bon? What? It's like a private negotiation between me and my instructors, right? So that's pretty much how I see the situation. It's, it's a private negotiation, negotiation, but I never really forced my teachers to say my name. Does that make sense? I know it, it becomes really offensive, especially to someone who has like a name that is not American. So it becomes really complicated for people to um, say your name, which is understandable. I totally understand. Some people call me Bond. Some call me call me call me Bone. It happens. If you guys listen to the episode what I did with my friend Colin, he calls me Bond. Didn't get really offended. Don't care. I know my name. I know who I am. So, and uh, like Peterson, Fry, and Carlin, I believe that the exertion for someone to call me Southeast Asian instead of Asian is wrong. And as a matter of fact, I can care less what people mistake my ancestry is. Thought of someone being jailed for accidentally calling someone a different race for political correct purposes is absolutely out- outrageous. Until this day, I strongly believe and I stand by what I said in this article. Um, And then Peterson argues that political correctness is a recipe for danger. It causes a battleground between groups' identity. I agree with Peterson, and I see it as an upper hand with which group is more pressed than the other. Therefore, you have more victim points. Like Fry stated in his opening argument, I don't think political correctness works. In fact, it's counterproductive and makes societal progression more difficult to proceed by censoring language. Communication becomes muggy and vague. Society becomes difficult for you to function in because you're stepping on eggshells in hopes you don't offend anyone or hurt their feelings. I don't want to belong in a group. I want to be in a united society where group identity is eliminated, which is very naive of me because that's not going to happen in my lifetime. But that's pretty much how I see it. And this is where liberalism comes into play because we see each other as individuals. So then this subtitle, I said, no, Dr. Dyson, you don't represent me. Dr. Dyson swallowed a dictionary and vomited out, which I still stand by that description of him. He even made a racist remark by calling Dr. Jordan Peterson an angry white man. So could you imagine if we say, this is a trigger alert, an angry, you know, the race of Dr. Dyson man. Could you imagine if we say it like that? Oh my goodness gracious, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be called racist for saying something like that. So... So it's completely, of course, off point, and his his, his entire performance, I'm talking about Dr. Dyson, was obnoxious and immature. I think his closing argument, Mr. Dyson said, at the end of the day, I think that those of us who are free citizens in this country of America should figure out ways to respect the humanity of the other, to respect the individual existence of the other, but also respect the fact that there have been barriers placed upon particular group that have prevented them from flourishing. That is all I mean by political correctness and I think it's fucking bullshit that he says something like that because he doesn't respect the other person he's forcing political correctness on other people at the fact that you know you feel sorry for us if that makes sense like I I don't need Dr. Dyson to feel sorry for me I don't need anybody to feel sorry for me I don't need you to pity me I don't need you to step on eggshells and try to make me feel better about myself because that's fake I want you to be real and direct with me And I know this sounds really dumb and gangster and shit, but I grew up in the fucking streets, okay? If you have a problem with me, if you're racist towards me, if you want to call me a bitch or something like that, I will allow that. Go for it. Doesn't really bother me. And um, I think what political correctness, like I said, you're just like beating around the bush what you want to say. I mean, 
why would I? You know, this is this is we're we're a planet of I believe seven seven billion people, and I think there's more now. Why the fuck should I care what you have to say? You know, and I don't I don't pay attention to that stuff. I I have better things to do on my time than worry about everything because it's just going to raise my anxiety level. I mean, if you do hate Asian people, for example, don't give a fuck. Not my problem. Don't know what your problem is because we're the most awesome people. I mean, our food is fantastic, but it doesn't really matter. I can't force anybody to like me. I can't force anybody to like Asian people. I can't change. I can try to change their mind, but I'm not going to make really make the effort of somebody. It's, it's, it's going to be like a fucking waste of time, in my personal opinion. So that's how I, I view political correctness. I mean, be polite, you know, like the Southerns do, the South the South people do like bless your heart but they really mean something else but that's pretty much it you know that's that's pretty much how I see it and living with the skin tone that I have I'm tan I'm Asian and I totally understand where people become really offended I mean after a while you get really tired of it I, I totally get that but like your mindset should be focused on something more important like you know you know working at getting a job getting yourself where you want to be in life getting a place that you always want to have setting your goals i don't know starting a fucking podcast or youtube or anything you want to do instead of worrying if somebody's going to call you the wrong name so not my problem you know it's like that's not what i'm really concerned about in my existence so but anyways um uh so let's see okay this is after he called Dr. Jordan Peterson an angry white man twice. Who is he to talk about respect? I live in the same country as, as Dr. Dyson resides, and I have no idea what barriers he is talking about. So this is critical race theories, okay? I live in the same country that Dr. Dyson resides, and I have no idea. Okay, in inequality exists, but it's it's a much deeper issue. See, Boone Ham, back in 2018, speaking fucking facts. I have the same opportunity as everyone else in my life. I have never felt that I was oppressed. All my pain and sufferings was due to my individualistic choice, not because of the group that I was supposed to belong to, uh, supposedly belong to. In fact, I feel that I have my privilege due to the fact that I fall into the following, the following boxes. Box one, I'm a woman. Box two, I'm a mother. And box three, I'm a minority. Dr. Dyson and Goldberg make it seem that I have to feel victimized and that political correctness is going to magically end all my sufferings. It's not. It's a very sad viewpoint in my opinion so uh, if you guys have a chance please go back and listen to my podcast that i talk about critical race theory they use you as a way to kind of green in the hierarchies so the the, the thing that I, I i want to kind of address is that um when it comes to like gender identity or identity in general or identity politics in my personal opinion it's more like a rank in society if that makes sense a a a victim rank that you have so uh, nowadays um, I feel like everybody's becoming really bored with themselves and they have nothing to live for right so everybody's like you know TikTok famous everybody's Facebook famous I feel like everybody's trying to kind of compete with each other to earn status and so these people that you know encourages political correctness for example I feel like having a victim rank in society is a way for them to kind of climb up the hierarchy, if that makes sense. Like, you have to feel sorry for me because I'm Native American. My people suffer from genocide. You have to feel sorry for me because I'm black. My people, you know, suffer from slavery. Like me, for example, I'm Cambodian. That's like me saying I'm Cambodian. My people suffer from genocide. Therefore, you need to feel sorry for me. I don't need anybody to feel sorry for me. And I don't know how many times I have to like fucking repeat myself. I don't need you to feel sorry for me. 
I'm sorry, let me clap. I don't need you to feel sorry for me. Okay? I know that's really loud. I'm sorry. Whoever's listening to this right now, you're probably like, ah, don't do that. But the the thing is, is is my the my people suffering from genocide genocide that happened in nineteen seventy five, April nineteen seventy five to seventy nine. And I have victims who are um my family that was you know executed and stuff like that and they were killed and let alone it's you know Pol Pot took advantage of you know the poor people and and things like that so but every time like when I talk about you know the the Cambodian genocide I don't use it as an argument for me to put my power onto you like it's like victim power if that makes sense it's like they're using your rank their their victim rank to overpower you and I don't know if ever, ever anybody sees it the way that I do. And I really, and listeners, if you guys, you know, see it the way that I do, make sure you comment down below and tell me if you guys see it the same thing that I do. Like, I totally understand the pain and suffering that people suffer, especially like people and stuff like that. You know, the Native Americans, the blacks, what happened to them too in the United States of America was really fucking fucked up. Okay. That's for sure. I'm not going to forget about that. That was really disgusting. What happened during, you know, the beginning of the birth of this country. Okay. But it's not going to get us anywhere if you use it as a way to wep- you you weaponize your people's suffering as a way to dominate the current power, if that makes sense, the the current power dynamics. And I don't see how it's going to solve the issue here in the United States. That's something that's so fucking deep within us, you know, and um I don't know. It's it's really confusing and complicated. And of course, I'm going to get like hate that, you know, I, I'm not compassionate. Of course, I'm fucking compassionate. I am. But aren't you going to show compassionate? How are you going to use your victim points as a way to dominate other people? You're, you're using the same, you're using the same tactic that your oppressor used against you. You know, like, how is that going to solve anything? So anyways, back to the article. Um, in the end, you can make the argument that it's impossible to pay attention to someone's race, disability, sexual orientation, or even their appearance. But I make the argument not to put too much emphasis on it and pay pay more attention to the individual as an individual. So I really don't want anybody to look at me as, you know, the small Cambodian person who has, you know, her father was a communist and her mother was, you know, her mother's family side of the family, you know, she, she, her, her great aunt and great uncle was executed in front of her mom. Uh, front of, yeah, her friend of her mom. Like, I totally get that. And I like talking about, you know, what happened in, you know, the, the, the Cambodian genocide. But at the same time, I'm not using it as a way to power people. You know what I mean? So. And then <clears throat> I said, you're wondering if my pillow position is leaning toward the right. But on the contrary, according to this quiz by the Pew Research Center. Pew Research Center, I score a liberal Democrat. And I that's the Pew Research Center that I did like a long time ago. But um, I did a, uh, a political compass test not too long ago. And it turns out that, you know, uh, libertarian. And I always make the joke that um, I, <laughs> I'm a person that's all over the place. I'm a very um, diverse individual when it comes to ideas. And uh, I remember like back in 2000 and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys hear me in other podcasts where I said the first person that I voted for was Barack Obama. And then after that, I was really disappointed of the way that, you know, when he bailed out the big corporation and this is talking about like the, um, the Occupy Wall Street. So um, if you guys hold on just a second, let me bring this notes up real quick. 
I'm not going to edit that part out. <laughs> so anyways, so I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, today's kind of thing, it's due to Occupy Wall Street. So if you guys don't know who, what Occupy Wall Street, um, it was a protest that was against economic inequality in Zuccetti Park, located in New York City's Wall Street Financial District in September 2011. So you guys don't remember. Uh, you guys see a lot of anonymous and stuff. And um, the, um, the tactic that they use, Occupy Wall Street, and I remember I was like, 19 or 2021 20, I'm not really sure I don't remember no I lied I was in my late 20s yeah so the tactic that the Occupy Wall Street that they use uh, was occupation civil disobedience picketing demonstration and internet activism which I thought was pretty cool like a brand new uh, kind of form so and so like the main issue of Occupy Wall Street was social and and Economic inequality, greed, corruption, and the, the undue influence of corporations on government, um, particularly from the financial services. So you guys remember when the Wall Street and stuff like crash, you know, like I don't I don't support uh, I don't fucking support corporate warfare. Like if this was free market capitalism, like why the fuck are we bailing out the big corporations and things like that? Let them fucking fall. And so when I saw Obama bail out these fucking banks, I said, screw it. I'm out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to support this guy anymore. I want somebody who's really new. And so I wrote for, I voted for Ron Paul. Okay. You know, libertarian. And I didn't really get into politics after that. I wasn't interested in politics because I kind of lost hope. And then in 2016, I was a freaking an, an etard. And then I voted for Hillary Clinton. So and then now I'm back to the libertarian kind of aspect or it, of it. So a lot of people always like accuse me that I, that you are a right wing conservative bigot, but that's not true at all because I really can't stand the fucking right either. And I I have gone to like many arguments with them when they keep confusing liberalism. Like, like if you're listening to this guys and you are my right wing friends, stop using the word liberalism wrong. Do yourself a favor because you look like a fucking idiot when you say things like that. You liberalism is what this country was influenced by. I don't know how many times I have to repeat this to you guys. I don't know how many times I have to say this. If you look up the word liberalism, it means civil liberties. It means human rights. It literally means free man. You goddamn dumbass. I don't know how many times I have to say this to you guys, and it's my right-wing friends that are saying it. So... And like I said earlier, it's just like political names all over the place and everybody's just like saying things. Like I don't even necessarily agree that the Democratic Party are, are communists, for instance. They're fucking capitalists too, you know? Oh my god, it's the confusion of these people. So anyways, um, so on the 15th of November, from my recollection, um, the the protesters they were moved from Zuccetti Park, um, and then they start to like occupy the banks. And I remember they they start to occupy corporate corporate headquarters, board meetings, foreclosed homes, college and university campus. So it it it's pretty much what I agree with. The original intent of Occupy Wall Street was the the corporations' influence on our democracy. Does that make sense? You know, like that's pretty much why I support Occupy Occupy Wall Street. And then, um, it's just so, that, that, that was pretty much like, then you, it, it got hijacked. Like, what's happening today? It got hijacked. 
by these fucking anarchists and stuff like that. Now, the anarchists, I don't, like, for example, the the black block, you know, like, taken over. Like, some people kind of, like, jack everything, you know, from the, the original intent of the political party. Like, for example, liberalism, we didn't really have a political opponent, and the only one during that period of time was Marxism. Okay? So, anyways, it's just like, um, you know, in Russell Brand's, you know, podcast, Under the Skin, a lot of people always say that, you know, kindness versus power, and he had Dr. Peterson on, and, you know, he asked Dr. Peterson, you know, what's what's your, your, your political viewpoint? And Dr. Peterson said, my political views are complicated because I'm temperamentally liberal, because I'm high in openness, which is creativity, which is the creativity dimension. People who are high in openness tend to be liberal because they like free-flowing information and they like to say, you know, fluid boundaries because information can move back and forth across the boundaries. So, to me, rule of language blocks this flow which makes open-minded like me stuck in this really ridiculous mindset. Um, the pro side call for political correctness progression, but I call it fascism. And so, when I call myself a liberal because of the free flow information, I love hearing new ideas. And there are some ideas that I really don't want to hear at all. I mean, when you look at the forums and stuff like that, not not many people know how to talk anymore like they used to. I mean, they get into, like, online arguments to call people names and stuff like that and, they, like, fucking block them, you know? Like, I got into, like, a recent argument with somebody on a, a group and it was, like, a waste of my time. And this is what people are talking about. This is why the tribalism started to play. And this is why people like me, who's, like, right in the middle of things, we get pushed into, like, this political diagram part you know and we don't want to we we want to fix things we legitimately want to fix things like i'm sick of the fucking corruption of the corporatists i'm so sick of the establishment sometimes like some people say some people that you know i come across who are like you know uh if you guys listen to the podcast that i did with my wave uh that talks about postmodernism with rio um he's you know he's for the establishment so we have different ideas and this is where you know free full information it needs to to kind of be fluid you, you need to like have these people together and challenge each other's ideas so when you have twitter when you have you know different I mean, the same idea is going over and over again. It's just, it becomes a fucking cesspool. And the the breeding process of ideas become contaminated with, you know, it, it becomes deformed. And so you're saying the same shit over and over and, and over and over again. And this is where um, things become so muggy and vague, you know. And I don't know what to say anymore I, I, I don't know how to say it anymore and this is especially really complicated to people who are like english speakers so i, mean, I spoke i spoke khmer khmer my first language and if you guys listen to my podcast there are some things that i say that doesn't make any fucking sense because of the fact that you know i say things that doesn't mean the other and um with political correctness it makes it really complicated for people who speaks english you know they don't understand what pronouns are they don't know what z is so what if a person who's an immigrant who comes into this country and they get your pronouns wrong are you gonna fucking sue them you know and so that's where the that's where the complications get into play and and um they don't think about the consequences of their actions so when i when i talk about they i'm talking about this this weird breed of marxian intersectionalists if that makes sense. They're like a different breed of Marxism. And I'm not saying the orthodox Marxist. Uh, the one that the original one. Um, I'm talking about like uh, Marx and Engels. I'm not even talking about them. And I don't know if you guys know this. But Zizek 
it's the biggest, you know, like he's, I like Zizek at the fact that he has a fucking sense of humor and he's like direct and honest with, with the things that he, he teaches. I love watching his lecture of, of, at the fact that how fucking down this person is. If you guys don't know who Zizek is, he is the person that debate Dr. Pearson about Marxism. And Zizek is so funny. And even then, there was a YouTube channel that I follow called The Radical Revolution. And uh, it's a bunch of people who just like, you know, they like Marxism, um, but they're not like the weirdos that you see today that claim to be Marxists. These are, I believe, actual Marxists who follow the original doctrine of Marxism. And they posted a video of Zizek being critical of Black Lives Matter, for example. And they got their entire YouTube channel demonetized, you know, and he's like, what the fuck did Zizek spoke some truth to these people? So that's why, you know, he got demonetized. And you're thinking to yourself, like, what the hell? Even the, the, the orthodox Marxists are getting, you know, demonetized on fucking YouTube. And this is what I'm talking about. The, 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 the thing is, is the, these weirdos that are, are be, throwing a coop in, you know, mainstream media and stuff like, for example, like the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, The Hill, for example, The Verge, Bo- you know, Vox. It's like these different breed of, like, leftists that's, that was born after, t- well, I'm pretty sure they, they, they were breeding this hybrid for a while in the universities, even in the late, se- in the 70s. I believe it started in the 70s. And Remember not to confuse postmodernism with Marxism. They're not the same thing, okay? Even the Marxists are like, hey man, we believe in class warfare, but we don't believe in race warfare. Because the original Marxin, Marxist doctrine was that it was a class warfare, okay? Now, you know, it's a race warfare, it's between races, it's between the Asians, it's between the whites, it's between the blacks. You know, you can't say this, this, and this because of, the, oh, political correctness. We are going to offend this particular group, so you should not say it at all. So this is where it becomes really, really kind of muggy and dangerous when we can't communicate with each other. And so the restriction between the two, um, well, not the two, I'm, I'm not right and left, but individuals between individuals you have to allow those that free flow information just like dr peterson said the fluid fluidity of uh, i think i said that correctly i sound like flat flanders diddy uh anyways we need that them to talk to each other because if you don't you don't have your ideas challenged you're not going to grow as an individual you know like how can how can you be how can you be okay with that I mean, don't you want to grow as a person? Don't you want to learn things? Don't you want wisdom? You know? And this is the original purpose of the far-out wisdom. It's for far-out fucking people, no matter what side of the political spectrum they're on, to come on to this podcast and literally have a conversation about the things that we see. Because it seems that we're seeing the same thing, but we're seeing different things. And if you don't allow that to happen, like, how are we going to fix what's going on in our society if we don't, can't even freaking talk and be open about how we feel, yo? And that's, that's where I, I see political correctness really dangerous. And uh, 
you know, when I wrote, when I wrote this article back in 2018, I knew it was going to fall to shit and I didn't expect it to come this freaking fast. And sure, I mean, you can disagree with Dr. Pearson. I can disagree with Dr. Dyson, um, Goldberg and Stephen Fry, but damn, man. I mean, like I, I, I always see that these white people and I'm, I shouldn't say it like that. That sounds really bad. I'm talking about white people on the left. The modern day left. I'm not talking about the old school left when JFK was, was in, in power. Like, what are you mad about, bruh? You know, like, why are you mad about? Like, I hear, I hear, for example, that, you know, Asian jokes. You can't make Asian jokes because, oh, it's mm, my racism. I, I, I don't really know. And I'm the person that they're directing the jokes to. And these people want to get fucking offended for me. Like, I don't need you to get offended for me. I don't, man. I'm a big girl. I can handle it, yo. But I have a friend named BJ. Uh, not friend. Uh, well, he is a friend. Um, uh, if you guys don't know, uh, I had Connor Dirting from the Daily Discussion. And uh, the Daily Discussion um, had BJ to be the second I guess this, it's a, the second person in charge. So like, like Connor's VP and shit. And <laughs> BJ said it perfectly. And he has a word that he used. And I said, you know what? I don't give a fuck about your bitch mate feelings. Okay. And it's, I feel like the, the left has been taken over by like these whiny fucking people. I don't know why. You know, like <laughs> I want to I want to be a party of strength. I want to be a party of honor. I want to be in a party of diversity. I want to be in a party of diversity of ideas, man. I was like, I don't want to think like like all the other people. I don't want to be viewed as an Asian person that's going to provide you with... A, I don't want to be the person that's going to put on your board because I'm Asian and shit. I'm not all about that. Like, I want to be put on the board of diversity because you believe that I could do the fucking job. I don't need you to feel sorry for me. I don't need you to put me on board because of the fact that you feel bad for me. You know? I don't. And like... I understand that racism does exist. I firmly, strongly believe in that. And um, I feel like we're tackling it the wrong way. And, you know, instead of making, you know, the minorities or marginalized people feel kind of victimized, why don't you make them, why don't you give them strength, man? And, you know, I'm lucky that I'm very grateful and I'm blessed that I had parents that was really fucking strong-minded. And they taught me to not allow stuff like this to bother me. I mean, if somebody's going to make fun of you, fucking make fun of them back, you know? But I don't, I don't agree with being politically correct because you're afraid that it's going to offend somebody. And like I said, I don't believe in violence or anything like that. I don't believe in any of that. But when you say, like, silence is violence, like, dumbass shit like that, like, what do you mean? Like, you're forcing other people. This is what I'm talking about. When you when you start forcing people to speak up when they don't want to speak up, and you're talking about them like you know what they're thinking consciously, subconsciously. You're like, what the hell is going on? Like, can you read minds and shit? Like, you're you're gonna force my parents, for example, to get into politics because they don't want to get just because the fact they don't want to get into politics, so they're gonna stay silent about things. They're they're they're, they're committing violence. You know, think of what you're saying. Focus. On what you're saying. Okay. Like. Really really break down your ideas. As much as you can. Because I, I come across people that say things. And I know they didn't, don't, they didn't think it through. And I'm the same way man. But I'm willing to admit that. 
okay? Even though, like, I have a fucking ego, but my ego is not on fire, yo. I'm willing to say, I have enough. I'm not going to engage or something like that. I'm a big girl. I could walk away from the situation real quick. I'm not going to really, you know, get into it with this individual because of the fact that, you know, I have better things to do with my time, for example. Don't care. Don't know. Don't care. I don't need anybody to fight my battles for me because this is my battles. If I feel offended, this is me taking it one-on-one. I don't need a whole team. This is me between me and the individuals or the groups. Okay? So that's it for today, guys. Um, Remember to like, share, and comment down below. Um, You guys could donate via PayPal or Venmo. Any any amount that you guys wish. You guys become a, a, a $5 Patreon member. And you guys, please stop with the bullshit. The political correctness bullshit. Seriously. We're not babies. Stop treating minorities and marginalized group like fucking babies because strengthen us. Don't baby us. As always, guys, stay far out. Bye.